Gridbox Media Programming is brought to you by. Do you wish you knew the saints better? Overwhelmed with all the events in Catholic history and just wish you could tie it all together? It's tough work, and even scientists have determined that it takes approximately 400 repetitions to create a new synapse in the brain. Unless it is done with play, in which case it takes between 10 and 20 repetitions. Introducing Saint Cards, where the facts about saints and history are presented in fun and engaging games for ages 4 to 104. Check out Saint Cards at saintcards.com and begin the fun for your family, school, and parish today. Introducing the redesigned CatholicSingles.com, featuring new ways that put the spotlight on the person and their faith, not just a profile picture. For the past 20 years, faithful Catholics have used CatholicSingles.com, and the reimagined CatholicSingles.com website is ready to help single Catholics take the next step in sharing meaningful relationships with other faithful Catholics. Remember, CatholicSingles.com, for faith, fellowship, and love. What are you doing this Lent? The St. Paul Center is streaming their newest video Bible study for free starting Ash Wednesday. Based on Scott Hahn's renowned covenantal theology, this is a study no one should miss. Invite your friends, Catholic or not. Don't miss your chance to see this premium study for free. Go to stpaulcenter.com to sign up today. On BreadboxMedia.com, this is Chuck Coughlin again. Here in Lent of 2019, it's a few days after Ash Wednesday. Once again, the church was crowded, overflowing. Only Christmas can compete. And this is not a holy day of obligation. Throughout much of the year, we celebrate the comfortable Christianity. But when our foreheads are anointed with ashes on Ash Wednesday, it is then that we face the truth that dust thou art, and to dust thou shalt return. It's a good time for inner reflection and some more solemn thoughts. So to that end, I want to read some short passages from the Philokalia. This is a five-volume collection. Only four have been translated into English. And it's an anthology of writing from the 4th to 14th century by monks and abbots who applied Jesus' teaching to their own lives. It was assembled on Mount Athos, a peninsula in northern Greece. This is the historic center of Eastern Orthodox spirituality. The Philokalias, this title, it's a Greek word. What is its meaning? Love of the beautiful, holy, exalted. Love of the beautiful, holy, exalted. It's an itinerary through the labyrinth of time, a silent way of love and gnosis through the deserts and emptiness of life. Some in the Eastern Catholic Church view it as a lens, a magnifying glass, that allows us to see the Bible with clarity and depth that would not be available otherwise. It's very reflective. Why is the Philokalia so essential? Well, apart from the Bible, it is a principal spiritual text in the Eastern Catholic tradition. The sayings within it have been treasured in one form or another by Eastern Catholics for many centuries. It focuses less 
on external rules of behavior and action, and more on the inner life, which is always seeking to increase its ability to commune with God. Now, outward behavior is very important. We know that. It'd be meaningless without the accompanying inner growth. Without the accompanying inner growth. But this attitude is a valuable companion to the focus on external behavior that frequently characterizes our view of living Christian life. Jesus said about this, Woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, and hypocrites! For you clean the outside of the cup and of the plate, but inside they're full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisees! First clean the inside of the cup, so that the outside also may become clean. That's from Matthew 23. So let's turn to these readings as Lenten reflections. I'm going to read some of the more simple passages because the philokalia can be a challenging work. And it's not recommended that the reader take it on without the direction of a knowledgeable spiritual mother or father as a guide. But you can be at ease. I'm offering some passages here that are very straightforward and simple. Let's start with something from Evangelos. He's called the solitary. And his views on prayer. He says, number one, he writes, Do not despise the humble appearance of these texts, for you know how to be content with much or with little. You will recall how Christ did not reject the widow's mites, but accepted them as greater than the rich gifts of many others. When the soul has been purified through the keeping of all commandments, it makes the intellect steadfast and able to receive the state needed for prayer. Three, prayer is communion of the intellect with God. What state then does the intellect need so that it can reach out to its Lord without deflection and communion with it, and commune with him without intermediary? Four, when Moses tried to draw near the burning bush, he was forbidden to approach until he had loosed his sandals from his feet. If then you wish to behold and commune with him who is beyond sense perception and beyond concept, you must free yourself from every impassioned thought. Five, first pray for the gift of tears, so that through sorrowing you may tame what is savage in your soul, and having confessed your transgressions to the Lord, you will obtain forgiveness from him. Six, Pray with tears, and all you ask will be heard. For the Lord rejoices greatly when you pray with tears. Number seven. If you do shed tears during your prayer, do not exalt yourself, thinking you're better than others. For your prayer has received help, so that you can confess your sins readily and make your peace with the Lord through your tears. Therefore, do not turn the remedy for passions into a passion, and so again provoke to anger him who has given you this grace. Number eight. Many people shedding tears for their sins forget what tears are for, and so in their folly go astray. Number ten. When the demons see you truly eager to pray, they suggest an imaginary need for various things, and then stir up your remembrance of these things inciting the intellect to go after them. And when it fails to find them, 
it becomes very depressed and miserable. And when the intellect is at prayer, the demons keep filling it with the thoughts of those things so that it tries to discover more about them and thus loses the fruitfulness of its prayer. Number 11. Try to make your intellect deaf and dumb during prayer. Then you will be able to pray. 12. Whenever a temptation or a feeling of contentiousness comes over you, immediately arousing you to anger or to some senseless word, remember your prayer and how you will be judged about it. And at once, the disorderly moment within you will subside. 14. Prayer is the flower of gentleness and freedom from anger. 15. Prayer is the fruit of joy and thankfulness. 16. Prayer is a remedy for gloom and despondency. 19. If you endure something painful out of love for wisdom, you will find the fruit of this during prayer. 20. If you desire to pray as you ought, do not grieve any more. Otherwise, you will run in vain. 23. If you patiently accept what comes, you will always pray with joy. 24. When you pray as you should, thoughts will come to you, which makes you feel you have a real right to be angry. But anger with your neighbor is never right. If you search, you will find that things can always be arranged without anger. So do all you can to not break out into anger. Then we turn to St. Maximus, known as St. Maximus the Confessor. In the fourth century, he wrote 400 texts on love. This is the second of them. How can the intellect not marvel when it contemplates that immense and more than astonishing sea of goodness? Or how is it not astounded when it reflects on how and from what source there have come into being both nature endowed with intelligence and intellect, and the four elements which comprise physical bodies, although no matter existed before their generation, what kind of potentiality was it which, once actualized, brought these things into being? But all this is not accepted by those who follow the pagan Greek philosophers, ignorant as they are of that all-powerful goodness and its effective wisdom and knowledge, transcending the human intellect. Number seven. Divinity and divine realities are in some respects knowable and in some respects unknowable. They are knowable in the contemplation of what appertains to God's essence and unknowable as regards that essence itself. Eight. Do not look for conditions and properties in the simple and infinite essence of the Holy Trinity. Otherwise, you will make it composite like created beings, a ridiculous and blasphemous thing to do in the case of God. 9. Only the infinite being, all-powerful and creative of all things, is simple, unique, unqualified, peaceful, and stable. Every creature consisting as it does of being an accident is composite and always in need of divine providence 
for it is not free from change. Number 11. God is only participated in. Creation both participates and communicates. It participates in being and in well-being, but communicates only well-being. But corporeal nature communicates this in one way, and incorporeal nature in another. 12. Incorporeal nature communicates well-being by speaking, by acting, and being contemplated. Corporeal nature only by being contemplated. 14. Evil is not to be imputed to the essence of created beings, but to their erroneous and mindless motivation. 15. A soul's motivation is rightly ordered when its desiring power is subordinated to self-control and when its incisive power rejects hatred and cleaves to love, when its power of intelligence through prayer and spiritual contemplation advances toward God. 16. If in time of trial a man does not patiently endure his affliction, but cuts himself off from the love of his spiritual brethren, he does not yet possess perfect love or a deep knowledge of divine providence. 19. Watch yourself, lest the vice which separates you from your brother lies not in him, but in yourself. Be reconciled with him without delay, so that you do not lapse from the commandment of love. 20. Do not hold the commandment of love in contempt, for through it you will become a son of God. But if you transgress, you will become a son of Gehenna. 21. What separates us from the love of friends is envying or being envied, causing or receiving harm, insulting or being insulted and suspicious thoughts. Would that you had never done or experienced anything of this sort, and in this way separated yourself from the love of a friend. 22. Has a brother been the occasion of some trial for you, and has your resentment led you to hatred? Do not let yourself be overcome by this hatred, but conquer it with love. You will succeed in this by praying to God sincerely for your brother and by accepting his apology or else by conciliating with him with an apology yourself, by regarding yourself as responsible for the trial and by patiently waiting until the cloud has passed. 23. A long-suffering man is one who waits patiently for his trial to end in hopes that his perseverance will be rewarded. 24. The long-suffering man abounds in understanding, because he endures everything to the end, and while awaiting that end, patiently bears his distress. The end, as St. Paul says, is everlasting life, and this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. 25. Do not lightly discard spiritual love, 
For men there is no other road to salvation. So that's our Latin reflections from the Philokalia. Think about this. Prayer is often described in the Philokalia as the communion of the intellect with God. Think about in what ways do you and I prepare the intellect for such a meeting. God bless your praying. This is Chuck Coughlin for Bad Box Media. Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com. CMF Curo is the country's first Catholic health care ministry to provide an affordable health sharing solution rooted in Catholic teaching and community. Learn more at MyCatholicHealthCare.com slash podcast. That's MyCatholicHealthCare.com slash podcast.